This is Farmland. Coming up on this evening's show, Siobhan Ring, geneticist at the ICBF, will be here to talk about the Dairy Beef Index and the potential it offers for both dairy and beef farmers. Department of Agriculture official Brian Alcock will be here to discuss the department's continuing series of clinics designed to assist farmers in applying for their 2019 basic payment scheme and transfer of entitlements online. But first, Niall Claffey visited a dairy farmer in Dune, County Offaly to check out his plan for the breeding season ahead. Farming in Dune, just outside Forban, County Offaly, Huey Egan runs a herd of 85 Kiwi cross cows under a spring cabin system. We caught up with Huey to find a little bit more about his farm and his breeding plan for the oncoming season. Uh, background with the herd would have been um, Holstein Frisian winter milk herd. Uh, back a few years back, we decided to go uh, all spring calving, crossbred the herd um, using Kiwi crosses to improve solids, uh, low cost system to try and improve the solids, the profitability, and try and uh, make more money basically out of. What the, what the hand we were dealt with the farm we had. So uh, the breeding policy here is uh, Kiwi crosses on the Holstein, not in this Holstein, they left in the place. Um, Beamer, Butte, Sierra, Buster were the bulls that were used last year. Um, and we used, between that and carrying 25 replacement heifers on an out farm, we used about 100 uh, dairy straws um, at the start uh, every year and when there's a hundred dairy straws used we then um, refer to beef. Um, the beef straws bring, add more value to the, to, the, to, to the product of the calf going out of the farm and especially this year 2019 it was a bit of a battle to get rid of calves off the farm. So the beef calves but generally what we used the last few years was Hereford Angus and a bit of Belgian Blue we were just picking them on anything that had gone on the kiwis and like having difficulty and gestation being the two most important things we'd be using. Uh, definitely uh, minus for gestation or even and uh, calving difficulty. We always try and keep calving to give the own two or slightly below it if we could, which we seem to get with Angus and Hereford. Also, for the 2019 breeding season, which is due to commence on May 7th, a team of four bulls two Aberdeen Angus and two Hereford have been selected from the Dairy Beef Index that are positive for carcass weight and confirmation without being excessively hard calving for the dairy herd. Interestingly enough, we're talking to a dairy advisor there, Jim Miles there in Chagas, and uh, Jim was uh, informing me about this DBI index that was coming in. I'd heard about it before, but hadn't done an awful lot of research in it. But uh, the last week or that, you know, before the breeding season begins, I was just looking at it there lately. Found it a great tool, a uh, very important tool. The bulls will be using there, as I picked out, was uh, 2 Angus A2163 with a calving difficulty 1.9 and TKR, which was a bull that I used last year and the year before anyway, with a calving difficulty 2.9. And they were the 2 Angus bulls and the Hereford bulls was KZB there, 2.2 um, calving difficulty and HE4045 as 3.2. So I'll probably use the other ones and the more mature cows, the, the higher ones. Huey stressed the importance of producing good quality calves for both himself, the dairy farmer, and the beef producer who will rear and finish the calf. It's important for me as a dairy farmer to have an outlet for these calves, and I think it's important for us as dairy farmers going forward to make sure that uh, we look after the beef lads as well, that, that, that they need to know what they're buying is going to leave them a margin on their profit at the, at the end of the day when they're turning it out. 
I have return customers. I want to have return customers going forward, and I really need these boys to come back to me to take these yokes off me. So it's important that I have can show them these type of figures that we can um, both work together, ensure I get a margin, get rid of my calf, get sale for my calf, and he has a margin at his end. We're joined now by Siobhan Ring, geneticist at the ICBF. Siobhan, thanks very much for coming up to see us. No problem, Claire. Um, so Siobhan, dairy beef has been in the headlines a lot recently. We've seen the launch of the Keepak Glombia uh, venture on the 2020 Club, uh, the Chagas Green Acres Calf to Beef programme um, launched recently as well, which uh, Agriland is involved in. And the active list for the Dairy Bulling Index was made available earlier this year. So just to start off, can you outline the motivation uh, behind the establishment of the index? Yeah, so absolutely clear. So the Dairy Beef Index was launched um, in January 2019. So it's really um, just hot off the press. And I suppose where it came about from really, it started a number of years ago with the research work into it. So we had Chagas, the Irish Cattle Breeding Federation involved, and also Abacus Bio um, in New Zealand. So it was really, really um, hot topic for the last number of years. And I suppose it's really, brought about, I suppose, with the increasing uh, dairy herd size. So compared uh, the year 2010 to 2018, we've got about 400,000 extra dairy cows calving. And as well as that, we've almost 300,000 extra beef calves being born from the dairy herd. So dairy cows are now more um, fertile with the evolution of the EBI and the success of that. And I suppose there's ample opportunity for dairy herds now to increase their use of uh, beef sires in the dairy herd. So I suppose traditionally dairy farmers uh, have been concerned with selecting beef bulls for use in the dairy herd that are easy calving and short gestation. But I suppose having learnt our lesson uh, from pre-EBI uh, times where we selected in dairy cows for higher milk yield and higher uh, milk constituents and we ignored fertility, cow fertility declined. So I suppose here we're just trying to um, negate potential negative effects um, on carcass, carcass merit and um, overall efficiency of the dairy by beef cross. Um, so that's why we've introduced this uh, dairy beef index. Siobhan, can you actually just expand there just on the benefits of using this index for the dairy farmer and also for the beef farmer? Yeah, so the dairy beef index, um, what it does is it tries to um, find a balance between uh, calving calving merit and also beef merit. So it's made up of, I suppose 64% of the index is made of calving traits. So I suppose you're talking about selecting for easy calving, short gestation and lower calf mortality. And in terms of the beef value side, then we're looking at um, increasing our carcass weight, improving uh, carcass conformation, um, lower fat and imp improved uh, feed efficiency. So I suppose in terms of the dairy farmer, what the benefits for, the, for them is that it's simple identification of your easy calving, short gestation beef bull, um, but also it helps to identify those uh, progeny that will then subsequently be more saleable because they are going to generate um, more profit um, at slaughter. So you're talking about uh, more a kind of a more reliable beef market if you say I suppose this year is really you know really kind of would make you think of it you know when, when calf price w was so low that you know farmers dairy farmers wanted to get the calves out of the yard um, and I suppose having a market there for your calves is just so important. Uh, in terms of the beef farmer then they're the ones that are reaping the, war the rewards um, in terms of the higher carcass merit. So if we compare um, the progeny performance of bulls that have 
been most used in dairy herds so um, over the past number of years and comparables that were at the top of the dairy beef index in January. We're talking about a 17 kilo higher carcass weight on average and also one grade higher. So that equates to about 105 euro extra um, additional profit for the beef farmer um, just by uh, a dairy farmer using those top dairy beef index bulls compared to where they were selecting for simply easy calving short gestation with no um, cognizance of the beef merit of the cattle. So Siobhan, the, the breeding season is upon some farms at the moment, it's fast approaching on others. For dairy farmers that are interested in this index, what do they need to, to look out for? Okay, so firstly the Dairy Beef Index, it's available um, online at uh, icbf.com. Um, you can contact your local advisor or your um, AI technician or um, breeding company um, and they will have uh, the list available. So the Dairy Beef Index, um, it is the, it's in Euro figures, so the same as the EBI, with one Euro increase um, equating to one Euro additional profit um, compared to the average um, performance of Holstein Friesian. So we'll say a bull that has um, a Dairy Beef Index of 100 Euro, compare that to a, D, a bull with a DBI of 20 Euro, the bull with the 100 euro DBI will have 80 euro um, more profit than the other bull. So I suppose that should be influencing your um, decisions when, when you're picking bulls. And then I suppose if you want to have the most profitable progeny, it is to select the bulls that have the highest dairy beef index. Now, if you're extremely um, focused on easy calving, then you can select from the Dairy Beef Index Active Bull List. There's 75 bulls to choose from, from um, a number of breeds and a number of AI companies. So there's plenty of selection uh, choice available. Um, so if you're looking for your easy calving, you can within that you can see bulls that are easy calving and have the short gestation. Um, but because they're on that list, they're also good um, on, on beef merit. Siobhan, the active bull list was just made available in the last few months, but what is the uptake? I know it's only in its infancy at the moment, but yep. what has the uptake been like so far? Yeah, so um, as you say, yeah, the breeding season is only coming upon us, so really I suppose the fruits of our labour will only be seen in the next couple of months. Um, but the feedback on the ground is certainly very positive, particularly with the year that we've had so far with, I suppose, Frisian bull calves, you know, making headlines for like being sold for less than a euro in some cases. So I suppose dairy farmers this year are really focused on getting a value-added calf. And um, I suppose I've been speaking with a number of AI technicians and they've been saying that now that they're being, they're being called and that their dairy farmers are now looking for um, bulls that even might be that little bit harder calving but are, um, are good on, on beef merit. So dairy farmers are sitting up and taking notice this year. So the Dairy Beef Index will be, will be a space to watch um, in the future. Great. Well, Siobhan, thank you very much for coming in and joining us. We'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. So next up, the BPS online application clinics are taking place all over the country. Here's a report from Charles O'Donnell. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine is continuing to organise online clinics for farmers to assist them in applying for the 2019 Basic Payment Scheme. The clinics are being held across the country, running until May 13th. The initiative began on April 4th, after being officially launched by Minister Michael Creed on March 26 last. Following a decision last year by the EU to change the application procedure, farmers are now required to apply online for all elements of the direct payment scheme. This includes the BPS, the Greening Payment, the Young Farmer Scheme, the National Reserve, Transferring of Entitlements and the Areas of Natural Constraint Scheme. Farmers can apply for the scheme online either as an individual or through an agent.
The EU took the decision following years of difficulties in processing paper applications. The transition to online applications was aimed at streamlining the procedure and to process the applications as efficiently as possible. Each EU member state was required to make this transition and it appears to have met with success. The clinics are designed to help farmers navigate the online application process where they may previously have been used to making paper applications. Similar meetups have been set up in previous years and seem to have proved popular with farmers. The format of the clinics is somewhat different this year compared to 2018. Last year, two three-hour clinics were organised per day in different, though geographically close, locations. This year, there will be one six-hour clinic per day. All 26 of this year's meetups run from 9am to 3pm. The clinics continued this week with meetings in Cavan, Galway, Wicklow and Cork. There won't be a meeting on Easter Monday, so the next meeting will be on Tuesday, April 23rd in Burr, County Offaly. That will be followed with meetings throughout the rest of next week in Tipperary, Westmead and Monaghan, and throughout the rest of the country right up until the May deadline. We're joined now by Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine official Brian Alcock. Brian, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Brian, Brian, the Department's online clinics for basic payment applications are up and running currently across the country. Um, what has the turnout been like at the clinics and I suppose who are you trying to target with the clinics? Yeah, turnout has been good so far, Claire. Um, we receive 130,000 applications each year. We're targeting, I suppose, people who maybe are struggling to maybe find somebody to do it for them, maybe a family member or something is not available. Um, so we're there if anybody is struggling to get their application in online, call into us in our clinics. We had over 100 attended our clinic in Cavan uh, earlier this week. So turnout has been quite good. Uh, it's in line with what we saw last year. So the, and the clinic started earlier this month and you have a, is it, how many do you have you carried out so far? Yeah, so we've done about nine or ten clinics so far. We started on the 4th of April in Longford and we'll be continuing right up to the closing date of May 15th. Also, we're available in our office in Port Leash business hours every single day, every, every working day up until then. Okay, so Brian, last year the, the BPS was made mandatory online. Um, so just reflecting back on last year when you ran the clinics, um, what, how does, what was the turnout like last year and what were kind of some of the key challenges that you saw that you came across last year? Yeah, I suppose for the vast majority of applicants, Claire, they don't need to come near us. They're comfortable doing it themselves or they have an agricultural advisor and we're not here to replace those. It's for those who are struggling maybe and need a little bit of support. So uh, turnout would have been, a kind of, I suppose, geared towards the end of the campaign last year. We would have seen numbers increase. We're seeing it a little levelled out more this year, so people are more aware. I suppose that's reflective of the amount of communication we did around this last year for, to support farmers. These payments are vitally important and we want to make sure that everybody applies. And then some of the common pitfalls or the common challenges that you identified throughout the course of the campaign last year. I suppose last year, the main thing I suppose was getting people registered. A lot of people hadn't registered for online services. So that's that's a process that you need a couple of details with you and we can walk you through at the clinics if you're a first time applicant this year. You get registered. It's similar for anyone who's used online banking. You have a username, a password, and a seven-digit code. So we will generate those and give them to you. So that was a big issue last year. We're not seeing that as much this year. People may have forgotten their passwords or codes. We can reissue them when they come to us. The application itself, one of the biggest issues is maybe not ticking for the area of natural constraints scheme, the old disadvantaged area. And we would see a lot of farmers maybe not ticking it. We've built in some functionality in the scheme that if in the system that if we think you should be ticking it, we will alert you to it 
and you can tick it then and go on. Other than that, the system itself, if you're making no changes, is very simple to use. You could be in and out in about two minutes. Um, has broadband been an issue for the online application process? Obviously, that is a recurrent problem in rural areas. There's still a lot of black spots out there um, and huge delays, as, as we're all too familiar with, uh, with the rollout of, of high-powered high fibre broadband services. Has that been an issue for the application process for the BPS for some farmers and some farm families? Um, I suppose the beauty of the system is that it's so simple to use that if, if you have a smartphone now you can actually log in, do your application on your smartphone. So if, if on your farm you're suffering a broadband issue, the next time you're in town you could log in your phone and do your application and have it done in two minutes. Again if you're struggling come to ourselves in the clinics and we'll help you out. What are the advantages of the online system at farm level and at department level compared to the paper system? I suppose for the farmer, the obvious uh, advantages are that on a paper form, you could forget to sign it. You could forget to put in a claimed area. You could forget to nominate your crop type. None of those things are possible with the online system. It won't let you progress through the pages unless you've done the mandatory uh, issues for the department. Getting these all in online means we can process them quicker. We saw the benefit in that in the increase in, in payments on the 16th of October last year. For the farmer, the biggest advantage is probably the advent of preliminary checks for online applicants. And this was brought in in 2016 by Commissioner Hogan and it allows us as a department to notify farmers of certain errors early in June and gives the farmer a chance to come back to us and correct those without a penalty. So last year, given 130,000 online applications, we saw 10,300 farmers eligible for these preliminary checks and over 5,000 dual claims were avoided because of them. And they can, be, they can generate significant penalties uh, where somebody uh, absentmindedly forgets to delete off a parcel from their application because they've rented it out. So Brian, what can farmers expect from these clinics? What supports are available to them once they get inside the door? Okay, so if you visit one of our clinics, there'll be six staff members there sitting with laptops. Uh, we can register you. We can talk you through how to do your application. We won't do your application for you. We will show you how to do the application and you can submit it yourself. Uh, if you need to do an online transfer of entitlements, that's also available or apply for the National Reserve or Young Farmer Scheme. We'll have staff members who can guide you through that process. Uh, we'll sit you down, talk you through the screens and show you how it works and help you submit there and then. And Brian, what about what do farmers need to bring with them? Uh, before going to the clinics, what boxes do they need to tick before they go out the door? Okay, so I suppose if you registered last year, bring your registration details with you, your username, your pack and your password. Don't worry, if you don't have them, we can sort you out there and then, but you must bring a uh, photo ID with you to verify that you are the person who has the hard number. And finally, Brian, uh, where are the clinics happening next and how can farmers just find out the dates and locations? Okay, so we have a number of dates right up to the 15th of May closing date. Uh, the details will be on the department's website. I think you've published them yourselves, Claire. Um, we have written to certain farmers who visited us last year with a list of all these clinics. Uh, check the local papers. The adverts are in those and in the national media as well. Brian, thanks very much for coming in to us. We'll leave it there. And that's thank you very much to all our guests for joining us on this evening's show. And that's actually it for season two of Farmland. Uh, we'll be back after the Easter break. So happy egg hunting to you all and we'll see you all very soon.